Hey guys, welcome to episode 114 of the JV Club. Of course, it is the Boys of Summer series. I'm so excited to welcome you into Greg Barron's episode. I I don't know if you could be less surprised by any of the Boys of Summer guests than than uh, than by Greg. Of course, I feel like I talk about him on every podcast. Um, so it was inevitable that uh, that we sit down and do this. I'm so glad he just got back recently from uh, what felt like forever in Australia. Uh, I should say it felt like forever to me. I'm sure he uh, was having a wonderful time there, although I know he missed his wife and children. Um, so I, uh, I'm i just delighted to have him, and uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. I want to just quickly shout out um, some lovely emails I got from Carolina, Christine, and Jessica. I want to uh, do some Twitter shout-outs. Believe it or not, guys, hold on to your hats, because I want to thank Amber, Schmoo, Elena, Mike, Kala, Ken, Eric, and Kevin for your wonderful comments. Uh, Amy and PJ on Bruce's Nerdist page. Uh, just the general thank you to everybody who's been uh, writing in about enjoying Boys of Summer. And, uh, and I also wanted to let the Cora fans know that I will be um, at Connecticon. That's the Connecticut Comic Con um, thing uh, as a special guest. I'm excited. I'll be doing signings and panels there. That is the weekend of July 11 and 12, I think. 11, 12. Um, so, uh, so I look forward to being there. Uh, I love the East Coast. I'm, I'm, I enjoy Connecticut very much, so I'm excited to go. And uh, I think that is it for now, guys. Uh, enjoy the episode. I look forward to hearing from you. And I bid you good day. Now entering Nerdist.com. Right, some people like having really high. Beds. I, I like it, but then the, both the babies fell off of it, and so we had to get a small bed. But also, but then your babies could fall off of any size bed unless it's directly on the floor. Don't you yep. Think? But True went off that, smacked her head on the bedside table, and came down on her skull. Okay, that's in the old house, terrible. in the first house. Yeah, terrible. the one we should have kept. That the house that is now haunted by her, the spirit of her. You can skull just hear cut. like you'll be asleep, and you'll hear a baby. You'll hear two thumps, and then a baby screaming, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that's it. <laughs> That's actually what I'm calling my biography. <laughs> Two thumbs and a baby screaming. That's good. You know, I feel like there have been other things you were going to call your biography. It's almost like that's oh, I'm constantly, a go-to. I, I just, that's my, <laughs> I rename my biography all the time. It's, I just, that's all it is. That or, uh, I feel like, how many times have I said that something was a band I listened to in high school? Yes. It's just a funny name. Right. Uh, maybe someone I went to school with. Yep. Name of an album, my yep. album. Yep. Name of my biography. Right. My, my name in prison. I Which I stole you. from Paul Greenberg. Oh, yeah. He would always say that's oh, my prison name. So and it's always something. That's good. Yeah. I need like to bring that say, back. Is that a sateen chair? And he goes, that's so funny. That was my prison name. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tops. That's a good it's one. It's funny and quick. That yeah. Paul Greenberg. Major and what with, Paul and what with Orange is the New Black being so popular? It really is a timely joke. We all love prison now, it apparently. It sure is. Yeah. I just said that to someone. I said, um, <laughs> like, I, like, I feel less afraid of going to prison now. Very erroneously, very erroneously. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm like, ah, you know, listen. If I had to go, it seems like there's a great community. <laughs> <laughs> like somehow, I assume all of those characters will be there. That's a documentary. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. I'll just meet all those people. It almost makes you want to commit a crime. Right. If Jason Biggs is going to come and visit me in prison, sure. I'm okay with it. Sure, I actually, honestly, I've only seen one episode and I quit. Hmm. I only saw one episode and quit. Oh, really? Yeah. You just zoomed in. And I couldn't get. I didn't hook me. But did you maybe, watch the pilot? Yeah, I watched the pilot. Because I didn't. The pilot did not hook me at all. Somewhere, but I. I think I had heard enough. I mean, I started watching it like pretty much when it came out the first season. But I do feel like enough people had seen the first three or something that right. they were like, hey, maybe watch another one. And I did, and I did get really sucked in. And I feel like when it's and I and I first of all admire and I know you know Genji and like I I have nothing but good things to say about her. I do feel like when the jokes don't land, they're hokey in a very specific way. Yes. Um. But when they do, and just the rest of the arcs of the characters and their backstories, mm-hmm. um, really impactful. That was and really my good. entire experience on Sex and the City, where I was like, when the jokes don't hit, I have to look away from the television. Yeah. Because especially like the punning around the table, but then like. When the show hit, like on an emotional level, I was like, "Well, now this is something I'm very, very excited to be a part of." Yeah, I think I think you would see a lot of that kind of stuff that would be. I mean, there's it does become kind of uh, the 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 main character Piper is is great and she's interesting, but it 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 so becomes about when are they going to show me what else is going on with this you know this other woman that I've only seen a couple of times. She's very intriguing to me. They do a really nice job of kind of fleshing it out to the point where you kind of just want to see the peripheral characters develop yes. through both seasons. Unlike Justified when you just want to watch Timothy Oliphant just try really hard to not have to shoot somebody in the face. <laughs> have That's you watched true. it? That's true, but I do love Walton Goggins too. I feel like I could Oh, watch they're all him good. Is that the That's a, 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 it's a, a sort of nemesis slash old friend. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that show I like, I would have to revise all my man crush. I think Timothy Oliphant is the Dave Grohl of television. That's a really good comparison. Just a likable, yeah. quality individual who does good things. And you just you just go, I'm going with you, buddy. Yeah. Wherever you're going, I'm you going with you. Crush on. And, then, and I only watched, I only really jumped in because I'd heard Patton was on it. And I don't watch everything Patton does. He was great on that, I will say. And I just got to the point where he, because I just caught up. So I'm on season four. So I, I'm just meeting Patton's character now and delighted by it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some really, some really great funny writing on that show for sure. And, and another show that has, uh, that has its own persona that like it locked into what it was so fast. Yes. And has it, a real personality. In, in a lot of ways, it's, it's not, it's like a Southern scandal with guns right right it's it's a hyper soap opera yeah it is it's a lot of the same people yeah any person who'd shot anybody that many people in the world would be notorious not just in one shooting although in america now it's pretty easy to go you got to shoot a lot of people to get your name name in the paper i think they have the benefit just fine it's a benefit of i think having a bit more of a sense of humor about themselves yes and also you, they have the kind of crutch of like, I mean, this is kind of the Wild West. Like we're like we're dealing with this as though all bets are off because shit's crazy down yes, here. Yes, and yes. the White House is a little more of a the, like. For when, sure, the president doesn't do anything except cheat on his wife, right? Is that about like? Oh, yeah. he does kill people, but he also right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 just, completely it's so in, beyond. Uh, um, and then and then my my MVP is uh, Jerry Burns. Which one's Jerry Burns? The you know he was in uh, um, uh, you know with the blonde hair, 
the the uh, like deputy guy? No, no, no. no he's no, a no. bad guy. He's the he's from uh, Detroit. He's the uh, was he on uh, when Dick? D- he's when uh, he's when when Merle? No, when when Duffy? Twin Peaks. When Duffy? Oh yeah, he's great. Out of his fucking mind. Out of his mind. Like yeah, yeah. And he's a very very funny guy too. Like he's a hugely hilarious comedian. I just I just called up a side character from the first season of Twin Peaks. What did you call? What did you I say? said Wyndham Earl. That is, Jesus, that I haven't is... even watched that show. In and do you know what? Do you know where Jay years. Burns got his start? It was on Dear John. Oh, he dear was one John. of the. He was one. He was the insane dude in the circle with Judd Hirsch and the rest. Yeah. yeah. Dear John. What? This seemed like a bummer of a show. Well, just I mean, bunch bunch of people got left. Judd Hirsch was sad enough in Taxi. I didn't have to go well, to therapy with him, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but a mensch, right? People. What a mint. Oh, he's, oh, he's good. All I do is talk about television shows. So this I know. Is, we, this we, is, we've, is, I think we've wrapped up the hour nicely. Uh, <laughs> it's been great. Mm-hmm. They both pause to take a sip because they are in a slightly too hot room. Yeah. Um, I also uh, wanted to point out earlier that I chose to sit on the floor and very early on I had flocati fuzz on mm-hmm. my lips because I am on a flocati. Which, for those of you who don't know, is like a Yeti skin, I guess you would this say. This is actual like Yeti skin. Yeti? Yeah, this okay. is actual Yeti skin. Um, right. One of the things that I don't tell a lot of people because it's controversial, um, and it's also a skill set not a lot of people have, so I don't like to embarrass others, but I can find, catch, and kill a Yeti. Um, <laughs> um, and, I, and I do it secretly because then there we have to get into is there or isn't there a Yeti. And so I just like, them for, I just like the carpet aspect sure. of the Yeti. And I'm what sort of tired of battling the with Yeti. the... There's enough reason to like a Yeti. I love the word Bang. Yeti. Bang yeah. it. I like to kick a table. Um, right, do you want a chair? Because I've got a delightful... I mean, I might get to it sooner or later, but yeah. I sit on the floor at home. When you said, so let's sit on the I'm floor, I wanted to say, well, I'm going to be 51 next month, so I'm going to use a chair. Because if I sit there, then I have to lay... Before yeah. I get back up, I'm going to have to lay down first. And also, it's all going to hurt. Uh, I will say that, number one, I, I'm also very stiff and sore, but for some reason, I feel like I have more options when I'm on the floor. So there's a lot of shifting and wiggling that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, at home, these guys know I've been known to be on the foam roller, rolling and cracking my back while I'm doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. I just like to get mobile. I guess you do. Um, I I feel like at my age, I'm the I'm a I'm a living three legged table. Uh, perfect. Because there's a three-legged just table right just always sort of balancing but and you, always. But you felt like because I've I think I've said I maybe even have specifically said this on my podcast. If not, when I on the many many times I've actually talked about you on my podcast, which there have been many, uh, but that you were one of. I mean, probably 15 years ago, longer. I mean, maybe 20 years ago. God, mm-hmm. that seems impossible. No. Nope. Um, I'm going to say 15. Nope, 20. Nope, 15. 15, 16? Let's say 16. I moved here 20 years ago. Okay. Well, you were in San Francisco not living. You were just there headlining at the punchline. And I, the reason I, I'm struggling with the time frame is that I hadn't been doing the festival yet and I almost hadn't been doing sketch comedy yet. And so that would be about 15, maybe 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't into comedy at all. I right. don't think I'd ever even seen stand-up comedy. And um, and my friends with whom I eventually ended up founding SF Sketchfest said, um, you know, we're going to go see some stand-up. And I was like, I don't think I like that. 
<laughs> I don't like. I'm now, not did you into not that. like stand up, or did you not like the idea of them going? Because it seems I like just, you were saying to them, "I know, I don't think I like that. I don't approve. I'm not actually. I'm I, not on board I, with that. I think I was like, I don't think stand up's funny. Like I, I was such a sketch nerd. Yeah. That um, I, I think I, I just thought I don't think I don't think stand up's funny. I think I don't think stand up's funny because whatever sense of it I had was like very commercial stand up, and there were three people that they convinced me to see. Um, within the course of a few months' time, and it was um, Brian Regan and mm-hmm. you and David Cross. And after that, I was like, I do like stand up. In fact, I love stand up when it's funny. Like, you were the three people that made me realize that stand up was well, that's, kind of amazing. Uh, that's very flattering. I didn't that's like stand up either, and I didn't think it was funny, and I, I hated still it in college. I about chicken situation. I mean, th- that's what I asked. So, that was, I, I mean, asked, that's what you asked for. And I mean, you also said that, like, at that time, we, even back then, how can I be old enough? I'm, I don't feel like I'm old enough to wake up sore from sleeping. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, That's I may I find later on that I have like some degenerative disease that I shouldn't have had <laughs> and that all these jokes about my fingers not working <laughs> were, just, were just creeping death, you know, that I, or I have consumption. Um, but I, um, I didn't like stand up. I, 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 I have had this conversation before people where I was like, I just didn't think about it. I didn't, I only like music. I'm very singular. Yeah. Uh, I was very narrow minded. And once I found music, I dropped everything. Like I, it took me, like it took about two years for me to go. Sports can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Um, but theater I liked because I, I thought that the, it would help me with music. So I just gotcha. sort of embraced those things, but I would see Jay Leno or I would see whoever was on uh, Tom Dreesen or whoever was on, and I would, I would later come back to like and respect them. Right. But I didn't give a shit. And I thought they were terrible. And yeah. I thought what you thought. I don't think I like stand-up. Yeah. I like Monty Python. And then I didn't think of Bill Cosby or... Ra- I didn't think of those well, other Cosby's people like as stand up storyteller kind well, they of. Were like, them, they were just like stars. Just, yeah, they were talking yeah. stars. Like I didn't think of... I understand. Because I didn't think of Conan's monologue. I loved Conan O'Brien in college. I didn't think of his monologues as stand-up. I was just like, this is part of right. what Conan O'Brien right. does. And I didn't think of Carson as a comic. But yeah. I also didn't love Carson either because he was old when I was young. Like I, I like to pretend that I was like, oh, Carson's a genius. But I didn't like it. I thought he was. I thought he was what I'm certain many people feel about Letterman. Like, oh, God, yawn. Go away, old man. Right. That has, that's just the way the generations work. But I was saying... I was telling Jonah, I was talking to our friend Jonah the other night, and I was saying, I thought, when I was a little kid, I thought Robin Williams was magical. And then I thought Robin Williams was a hack. And then I thought Robin Williams was only a good actor. And then I came all the way around to realize, like, he's just awesome. Like, he just, he's done all these things, and some of them are what they are, and everyone has a long career, and he's fucking never stopped, and he's always been a pro. And so you have this kind of admiration where you forget about, like, your stupid... um, preoccupation with cool or your preoccupation with what something's supposed to look like which is such a relief it's such a relief to kind of realize it's so funny because when you say brian regan like brian regan is is maybe one of the funniest people ever and completely clean yeah and completely friendly crowd friendly just by virtue of he talks at a lot of eye about eye level things which is beautiful yeah and then david cross who refuses to connect with you he doesn't want to connect with you. He me. wants to push you away. <laughs> and then I just want to shout. <laughs> Even when I'm not shouting, I want it to come out of me in a big way. But you yeah, know, I got like, a nice cross section, didn't I? With yeah. Those three. Yeah. 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 When did you, when you say you found music, when was that? My dad had a radio station and um, he had uh, two radio stations in Oregon. He bought them after he, he, it was a weird, 
was it, he he was uh, the general manager of the NBC affiliate in San Francisco, and then he he quit in a, amid a very con- like he just hated his boss and he quit. And and uh, he had some money, and my mom had some money, and so he bought two radio stations in Oregon. And God, that's not even something. To feel like I'm in this business in some kind of a real way, but to also then realize, like, God, it would never occur to me to buy a radio station. No. Like, that's a thing. Of course that's a thing. Right. And how much do they cost? And what do you yeah. do with them? And why yeah. would you want one? But my dad wanted to, my dad wanted to build something, and so he bought a country station in Bend, Oregon, that did very very well and became was for a time like a like the like the biggest thing there one of the biggest things in country because it was a very progressive country station it was very we'll play some of the new shit but we're gonna you're gonna get all of it you're gonna get all of it you're gonna get the patsy klein and you're gonna and it wasn't my dad necessarily it was the he had really good people working there and you had a rock station that was in a town that was literally sinking and it and people and it was in a very um, uh, depressed part of Oregon called Coos Bay, which is a lumber town, and it just sucked the blood out of him. So he had a mm. winner and a loser. Mm. And I worked at the loser during the summers. I would go up and I would run the midnight shift. Like I would just do the midnight from midnight to to dawn. Um, how old were you? Sixteen. And what? And so when was how was it determined that you would go to the loser one? Because um, it was the one that I could work at when nobody would hear me. Yeah. Nobody would give a shit what I did. Yeah. Um, until I started playing the records I wanted to play from, in the, from the midnight to six shift, and I got in trouble. And the guy goes, just because your dad owns a fucking station, he called me up. Because oh, no. I started playing stuff that I liked. Like, I would just go, I just started going through all the records. And then, and I liked music, but I liked it peripherally. You know how, like, you genuinely like everything, mm-hmm. but you're not into it? Yeah. And then you get into it. I bought an Aerosmith record, and I, I just couldn't stop staring at the pictures on the back. And I was like, these are men. Uh-huh. And they're dressed like women. Yeah. This is fucking rad. <laughs> and I thought the music was sexy. And I was like, why am I spending all this time putting all this energy into sports, which I'm not good at, and I don't like getting hurt? Yeah. Um, what sports were you playing in high school? I played rugby and football. Yeah, those are brutal they were brutal and i wasn't good at football but i was good at rugby and i am you know like i had a good like our senior year we won the national high school championships for rugby and um i never played a down of football but i started playing rugby so i got to have that good experience but once i had to college and i went to play rugby i just couldn't i just didn't the, the air was let out i was like this is i don't want to knock anybody down and i don't care where that ball goes do do people is rugby a thing that's pretty common in high school? Because I feel like no, I didn't even club. know that anybody played no, it, it until I moved to San Francisco. I didn't realize there, they, was a rug, there was rugby right. like, on I didn't the know field. We started a club, and then suddenly there were teams everywhere that oh, we could I play. I see, I see. And okay. then we went to the national championship. So is it, this, it And this was in the Bay Area, yeah? Started in the Bay Area, yeah. but the championships were in Dayton, Ohio. Where did, oh, oh, wow. Where did you guys live in the Bay? Where did you live when you were a teen? Uh, Marin. In Marin, that's right. Super white. Yeah. Super white and wealthy. Yeah. And siblings? Uh, my sister Kristen, yeah. who's three years younger than me. That yeah. was it. Just the four of us. Um, okay, so, so football uh, and rugby. Yeah, you started. You started the club. No, I was just. I joined I the mean, club. Were, yeah, all the people that, all the people. It was a. It was a team made of every failure in school. It was. It was. I like, shit you not. Style. It was just a Disney film. Yeah. It was the little runts. It was like the fucking big retarded guy who didn't know how to like it was it was the it was the gigantic Japanese guy like it was just a real group of weird dudes and and a coach that lived in a van and smoked pot and <laughs> wow. and loved rugby and was 
and was the opposite of our football coach and and somehow he put a team together that went to the national championships and won like it was just one of those fluke things you know and i got to have that experience and so once i'd had that there was like well now what sports after that like then i went to the university of oregon and played and i didn't like it and i was on i was about to convert from being a white conservative kid who wanted to be in a fraternity to finding gay people and living off campus and just taking all of the drugs like uh-huh. i just and i found that when oh these are this is my crowd these yeah. are my people yeah see so and i say goodbye to sports and i never really look back like i i follow it i can talk it a little bit i understand it but i don't if it all disappeared tomorrow i wouldn't know you have to tell me the world cup is happening right and me even too. then i'm like i don't and it's not like a I'm not against it and I don't begrudge anybody it and I think it's neat that people love it the way mm-hmm. I love some things. Mm-hmm. But I can't get excited about it as much as I try. You know, I had the thought the other day that um I haven't really had which I'm not really sure where it came from, but I had the thought of I think because I've had just when you have a couple of new experiences that are pleasurable and you're like, oh, I didn't think I would like that. And I did. Um, and the sort of nice reminder that those moments can still happen every day if you want them to, or at least all the time, even as an adult. Yeah. And that it isn't just like, I'm this or I'm that. Got a burp. Got to get a burp in. But um, was I thought to myself, like, maybe I'll get excited about a sport. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll like soccer. Maybe I'll like soccer. Right. Like, I'll follow it. I'll have a team that I like. Yeah. But I... It didn't take? Well, I, I haven't gotten past the thought. Yeah. I, it's just a what if. I've done that a couple of times, and then I'm like, well, now you're selling yourself something. But then you're like, well, I want to try it. Like, when I was in Australia, they, I, I fell in love not only with, the, with Australia, but I loved the, the guys I was on tour with, who were all comedians, so they were all lefties. And they were all very passionate about their country. And they were all very passionate about, you know, they've got the two different types of rugby. And they have footy. And then they've got... Um, What's footy? Footy is their version of rugby or soccer. Huh. It's a hybrid sport. Yeah. I don't really understand it. But cricket is like, you either like cricket or you leave. And I was like, I'm going to, when I go back, I'm going to... Because one of the guys is like, you got it. It's a game that takes place over two days. And you go and you drink and you hang out and it's amazing. And I was like, I'm going to go to cricket uh-huh. and I'm going to have their experience and I'm not going to judge it. Because right now, like I think I see it on TV and I go, that just seems like that just seems like work. Yeah. Like I could do that or I could go out and watch the guys. Like I could just watch the guys across the street below the lawn. <laughs> the only and experience I might like that. I've had with cricket is I did go see that movie that John Hamm was in, Million Dollar Arm. Yeah. Because it was it a good too movie? crowded at Disneyland, so we went and saw a movie while yeah. we waited for the crowd to thin out. Oh, yeah, and how was it? You know what? It was totally cute. Yeah, you I know mean, what was exciting about it? It was a cute movie, but then at the end, they did show all the video footage and photographs of the real people that it's uh, based on, Yeah, and that it made the whole movie so much better because they really like nailed it like they just t- it was a very faithful retelling of what happened yeah and the casting once you see the people that they were portraying you're like god what a great ca- great casting yes that's a perfect choice so it was it was co- became a much better movie and here's a weird sidebar but i want to go down it i feel right now that that's almost a trend in filmmaking to as closely resemble the thing that you're doing as possible. Yeah. Like I have found, like I just went and saw The Fault in Our Stars and while, it, you know, books are hard. Yeah. Like when people are like, it wasn't like the book, it was like, have you fucking thought about shooting a book? Yeah. 
Impossible. To make it two hours. No way. But like, and they've done, they did this with the Hunger Games. I didn't read Divergent, but I know that. And I read The Fault in Our Stars, most of it. But we, it was, the movie came up before I was done. Yeah. They really have tried to let go. I don't want to fucking disappoint you. The re, the, the, yeah. Because they real, I think they realize we're not going to get everybody anymore. But the people we are going to get, if we fuck them over, they'll hate it. And the general public doesn't give a shit. Right. It, and it, it's a difficult book and it's a difficult movie. It's beautiful. It's, I couldn't sit through it again. It, it's gutting. I can't but they see didn't, it, I don't think. They didn't back off it. They didn't back off what the truth of the book was, and it was like really kind of refreshing and and uh, and awkward and uncomfortable, and not necessarily the kind of story you saw coming, but you sort of knew it was going to happen. I mean, it didn't back off anything, and yeah. it was like really, imp- I was like really impressed. Like I was like, oh, that's that's a good sign. And like, what was the other thing? I just saw something else that was really faithful. A film about. Um, uh, a sports anyway but yes but same way so I feel like that's a trend right now yeah. I feel like people are really trying to be faithful because I think Comic Con and all of those things have sort of spoken to the rest of the world and said this shit's fucking important mm-hmm. don't get it wrong mm-hmm. don't fucking play a game with it because Batman matters to me yeah I don't care who's Batman you tell but you be faithful that's and you don't point. fucking don't sell sell me down the road because I'm part of who's going to take people to the movie over and over again right you know right. And and be the the viral marketer that's so important yeah. now. And, they, and so you go to those Marvel movies, and they're like, you you. I think now, like when Fantastic Four was around, you're like, I don't fuck movies, right? And now with the Marvel movies, you go, well, they're gonna they're Listen, probably gonna try I hard. Saw that the latest X Men movie, yeah, loved it. It was really good. Like I loved it. Now this happened right after I fell off my bike, so that it, I was feeling emotionally vulnerable. I'm right. sure it was like a couple yeah. days later. Sure, you kind of do feel like you skin up your knees, and you sort of feel like yeah. life is precious in a, you know in right. even the smallest way. So I think I was more receptive mm-hmm. to everything coming in, just sure. like a lot of stimuli. Having said that, I definitely walked away from that movie saying, "I've I don't know that I've ever understood more." how you get completely devoted to fiction like that, like right. comics or films or like my own cartoon that I'm lucky enough to be on that, that right. for whom it's very important people for whom it's very important. And I know like I, I love and respect the, the, that it means that much to people and it is a, an extraordinary show, but I'm removed from a lot of the heart of it because I'm so involved in the mechanics of yeah. making it and seeing that movie. I was like, that movie made me want to go to a convention dressed as Professor X. Yes. Like, and, and be with people who would take it seriously as much as I did and say, I mean, that moment when Professor X is talking to young Professor X, right. like, I needed that speech in that moment, and it meant so much to me. Like, I really thought, oh, this, is, this could be a religion. Well, and there's a couple things about it. One is that it's, you know, it's ultimately, you know, the whole thing is like, it's okay to be an outsider. Yeah. You know, which who doesn't love that story, you know, yeah. gay, straight or otherwise. Right. But the other thing is they hired actors to be in the film, not just, you know what I mean? Like and it, not just special effects, like the special effects are so no, served scenes, by written. the story. Yeah. Things I mean, that things that aren't even that big of a deal now with the way you can make movies and all the fucking shit you can do. Still, something happens in that and you gasp yeah, because no, you're invested. Yeah. Or like and then you're and then James McAvoy can act. Yeah. 
And so those scenes where you go, this is actually like, this could be in a play. Right. Right? Like, this is real acting. They're in a scene. This is, they're not just trying to get to the next. Yeah. And they're not taking a paycheck. They're not playing superheroes that are taking a paycheck. No. And I think Robert Downey sort of changed that whole thing. Like, if you're going to be one of these guys and Christian Bale, it's like, if you're going to do this, we're going to act. We're going to add, there's going to be acting in this. And there's going to hopefully, and there'll probably be some, the script will be for what it is, faithful, but yet it's still going to be something that you want to see acted and not just a bunch of words. And then we can have the jet fly through the. Right. Thing. And then the stadium gets lifted up. That was my favorite part of the action side of things. Oh, how crazy is that? Guy? It was so great. Oh, it was great. Now, uh, getting back to you, when you're talking about the idea of outsiders versus being an insider, it sounds to me like your adolescence until you sort of cracked open this world that you really responded to in college. It sounds like you were an insider, right? That you weren't that much of an outsider if you were into sports. Because it's interesting for me to... I'm yeah. really looking forward to having you do the podcast because you're one of my friends that your, your, your perspective on things is so you and so crystalline and I'm always so impressed by it. Um, and I get real like brain high from talking to you about just anything. Uh but I have no sense of how developed that quality in you was as a teenager because you're also such a dude. You know, you're yeah, not yeah, yeah. like a little well, sweet, frail guy. Well, that's because I don't think that that I don't think I don't think anybody owns outsider. I think everyone's just trying to figure out where they fit and what they do. And athletes are outsiders in some weird way too. You know, sometimes. You know, they're in another. We just sometimes. I think it's because athletes. When I was in school, you were basically saying, "I'm okay. I'm cool. I get it. Girls like me. Sports are important." And this is what the right people do to do the mm-hmm, right thing to be right, mm-hmm. right? And that dude that has the Les Paul and drives that fucking Mazda, like he's weird. But I would always look at those guys and go, "I just want to be over there." I just want you to be over with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or the guys going to theater class and I go, Oh, it's just nobody. I just want to go over there, but I didn't have the guts, you know? And so, and also I can fake it pretty good as a dude, you know, I can fake yeah. it pretty good at like in that thing until, until actual sports uh-huh. because I didn't, because I wasn't passionate about it. I didn't care. Like I just didn't care where the ball went. I just didn't, I just wanted cheerleaders to like me. Right. And what I really wanted to do and what I've wanted to do my whole life and what has been my whole life was I just wanted to go where the girls were. Like I just was like, where, what's the next thing that takes me to women? Like, uh-huh. what is it? <laughs> And I know the burnouts in the parking lot aren't getting it. I don't understand that they're about to be Aerosmith or they're about to be the cars or whatever. Right. But I, I want to get to where the girls are. And it seems like they like the athletes. So that was sort of my – that was my North Star was like – and then I was like, well, you can just go hang out with girls. Yeah. Right? But then you didn't want to be thought of as gay or also the friend. So you – did you avoid uh, being the friend? Like, did you avoid the sort of relegated to, you're like my brother? Um, no, I got pretty, I mean, with some girls, yeah. you know, the girl that liked me was never the one that I wanted to like me. And the girl that didn't like me is one I like, because that's how it starts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And I like the... Yeah, what kind of girls did you like? I like the, I like the, I like the, lo- I like the girls in the tight pants. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really like the right girl. To you? Yeah. They did. They did. I was, I like this girl, Heather, who sat behind me in Spanish, and she was a little bit of a SLUT, but she was super sweet, uh-huh. and she had blue eyes, and she was, and she was my first, and it was awful, but, but she, um, I was awful. It's not her fault. Um, but, um, 
yeah, I was very confused. Like I, you know, you're like, I, I've never been able to figure out a type because I can find a way to like almost any woman in the world. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely can. Like it doesn't, you know, I dated a plus size models and I, you know, my wife is a whippet, you know, right. like I did, like I, I don't have a, I like women. I like them. They find them f- way more interesting than men. And I found like, and I had a hard time with that too. I kept trying to struggle with that because I knew that that didn't make me popular with men. That's I've had that through my, my career until a couple of months ago. The thing that really set me off recently was like the I've re- Twitter has given me this really interesting understanding about humanity and the yes, all women thing, the, the hashtag, mm-hmm. the upset, that it caused so many men, men that I know and men that I sort of like, I'm like, women really can't just have a fucking hashtag. This is a hashtag. It's a fucking hashtag, bro, on a social media platform that not everybody sees. They can't have that. You're going to take that from them. Like for you suddenly care about these shooting victims other than like, and why is this, like, why can't there be two stories happening at once? Like, I just was like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I don't give a shit because I have daughters. And I, so I don't give a fuck about men and their, and their mansplaining. Like, I just don't give a shit. Yeah. And I find it embarrassing. Like, I just find it embarrassing. Like, just leave it alone if you don't fucking get it. But uh, women can't just say the shit that happens to them because that's what they feel. Why do you have to, why are you in a panic about that, bro? Yeah. Like that really fucking got me like, oh, I know what I believe now. I'm fucking had, I'm not going to be on the fence about any of it. And I'm not going to fucking back off the book that I wrote or any of that shit. And I don't give a fuck about Adam Carolla or any of those fucking turds. Like I really, I'm like, no, I know where I am in the world and I don't give a shit because it, it's wrong. It's, it's racism almost. It's like, this is not progressive. What these women are doing, you know, every time a woman complains about rape, 30 comedians jump on her. And it's like, God, nobody's trying to take your, just let them say what they want to say. Right. Don't, am I, am I being too crazy? No, like, not I, at all. Not at I all. I just, I had that thing, like, and I was in Australia and I was up looking at Twitter and I think I only wrote tw- two tweets about it. One of them also, was. Also, I'm never on Twitter, so right. I, I can't contribute. Like, I know I saw this thing where da, 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 da. Because I'm just not ever on it unless I'm just like quickly posting a thought. Right. But, um, but all it was was the day of the shooting where the guy, it, the, the, the UCSB guy who wrote all the misogynist shit and was like, I, women don't like me. And then he went and gunned some down. And women are like, there's enough. And then dudes are like, what about the victims? Do you know the victims? What, there were guys that were shot. Like, it was like anything that sparks a conversation, we should be allowed to have a conversation regardless sure. of what, if, if that's what the conversation sparks, who are we to say we shouldn't have it? Yeah. Who's to decide what the conversation is supposed to be. And why are, why, why are you reacting? Why? Like there's shit that like, I don't know anything about world cups. So I'm just not going to join in. Right. I don't give a fuck, but I'm not going to join in. I'm not going to put my two cents in because I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm not a woman. Yeah. So I don't get to say, and I don't, some of the women maybe said something like, I don't know. But like, I find that like anytime a woman tries to raise her hand and that's why I like Twitter. There's no fucking, um, um, there's no gatekeepers. Yeah. And so women are being funny on there on their own without being 
put on TV by a guy right. or being given a special by a guy. Like they're just there in 140 characters and they're fucking killing it. And, and I, and, and so, and I feel like there's this real panic of like, Oh fuck, where do we, how do we put a stop to this? Hmm, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's very, the feminist question is, is just to, I mean, not to just blanket it like that with a statement, but it's definitely, um, I mean, I've talked about it before, but it's tough when you get to a place where enough has changed that some people are like, I think we're good, right? We're good. This is a level playing field, right, everybody? And then other people are saying, um, hold up. We're not there. Here's this, 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 and this. That that there's this period of time, and I would refer the listener to Casey Wilson's episode because we talked a lot about this, but... um, there was a that, that that there is this sort of like well now you're just complaining kind of attitude right that um is not appropriate like it's not appropriate no. to it's it's still very appropriate for right. women to fight for what they want need and believe in we're just not in a place where yes it's a thousand percent better than it was 50 years ago it's you know but it's it's not and it's, we're not there it's 95 percent of the time it's just white dudes like even, I was talking to one when I was in Australia. One of the comics and I were talking. One of the one of the young guys, a guy named Amos Gill, is just in, superbly funny and young guy and very sweet. And he was talking about how some guy, somebody was shitting on his act, and I said, "Oh, white guy," because that's the only person that would shit on your act. Because that's the only person that does shit on somebody's act is a white guy who isn't getting what he wants because there's too many white guys. I guarantee you the Asian woman wasn't shitting on your act, and I guarantee you the black dude wasn't shitting on your act because none of them give a fuck. It's just white men. It's just, it's all crabbing and crying. But the, the white men are the biggest fucking needle knitting bitches <laughs> that there are. And I'm in the fucking crew. I know it. Like, that is, it, whenever there's a thing, it's white fucking men. It's white men that don't want women to do shit. It's white men that are, dis- like, it, it, it's white men that, 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 that write reviews about, like, it's just always white entitled people even like it's just and it's frustrating because it it won't change in my lifetime sadly and i want it to you know i want it to i want it to change also we're becoming brown you know but like so i got that was one of the things when i was in australia was i really frustrated i was like okay i know where i stand now like sometimes it just takes an event to go yeah i fucking have had it i'm yeah. I'm not going to try and play one side against the other, and I don't give a fuck who doesn't like me. Like, fuck all y'all. Oh, that's great. I guess I, I think of you as being already on that side, even. I struggle so with I, it because, yeah. because when my stand-up career was sort of halted by the book, I lost men, and then I got women, and they didn't really want to be stand-up fans, and I, so I was trying to get men back. Right. And then I just, just like, and then at one point I was like, I, you can't do anything about any of it. <laughs> you just, all well, you can yeah, do is your work. Well, yeah, and it's hard when, it's, it's really hard when I think you have an accidental experience uh, that, um, you have an accidental experience that, that sort of forces you, if you will, because I know it's obviously st- still a choice. And ultimately the choice that you've made is like, I'm not going to worry about gender if you're into my comedy, you're into it, fine, yep. you know, but that you were put into a situation where you just, you came to the bridge of like, oh, I didn't even, God, I couldn't have seen that this was going to be even a conversation I had to have with myself. Like, oh, I've lost yes. the men and then the women are more interested in what the book was. And right. it's hard to have to, because it's happening, so it's real and you have to navigate it. Right. But at the end of the day, I know you and I know that 
all you would have said and I'm sure did say at the time was like, why can't people, anybody, just anyone like what I do as, as a stand-up, as much as they liked my book or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. And I don't it, know, I, like funny is funny. But and, I also, we, we lived in a time and it's changing and I think also because of social media, but people needed to fucking categorize you and put you in a thing. Right. Right, they had to like, so suddenly I was that guy and I was given all the things that that guy gets, and I was very lucky. I got my little reality show, my talk show. Stuff. But when that was over, people were like, you got your fucking box of shit. You're done. Yeah. And I was like, well, those... I, oh. And then, so that's... But that's my cross to bear, and it's a very luxurious cross to bear. But it was also, like, artistically, it was really tough for me. So I'm like, oh, that was never really what I wanted to do in the first place, and now it's over, and I'm, I'm still... I still have a life to live, and I still have things I want to do. Um... But instead of setting about doing them, I felt sorry for myself for a long time and went crazy. And then I fixed that. Yeah. Um, and, now I, and now I just don't care because I, you know, people are like, what do you like more? I go, when I'm giving somebody relationship advice, that's what I do. And when I'm playing with the reigning monarchs, that's what I do. And when I'm in Australia doing stand-up, that's what I do. I don't have to, I don't have to pick because no one's going to give a shit a thousand years from now. I couldn't agree more that you don't have to pick. And that's something that I've always felt about. About you, which is what's funny, because even because I was a fan of yours early on, for me early on at least, you know, like the beginning of my appreciation of stand-up, I've never questioned anything, even before we were friends, I've never questioned anything that you've done. I've just been like, to me it all made sense in some weird way. I mean, to me it just made sense. It just felt like a, well, you're it, just a, a person that has all these different talents that, um, and maybe because should. I get excited I think, about a lot of different things too. I don't know, but it just seemed like. I think it should have. I just think I was the one that brought the attention to it and I was the one that sort of derailed it because I allowed it to be a fact as opposed to like, well, I don't care. Right. You know, and I think. Do you feel like that goes back, like is there a piece uh, of that, not to harp on your high school years, but this is what the podcast kind of is sometimes about. Yeah. That I, I mean, the echo of that, of sort of what you, like, the idea of in high school, like, oh, I guess I'm going to just be here, and and I can't be thought of as this or this, because I'm not into that activity, and I can't do both, or you, like, I... So, know. I was, like, confused a lot in high school, because I, you know, I was, in, in when I played football, like, the football players are all in on the joke. They knew I was bad. And my two best friends oh, just, are... Were you just likable enough to, that it was just was kind of was like, funny. it worked, yeah. I was funny. The class clown of the football. You know, my team. classic joke is the guy that when, you know, when they, it was my senior year and it's not a classic joke, it's a true story. I, I was at my senior year and it was halftime of a game and we were losing and I was the second string fullback at that point. They'd moved me from quarterback to fullback because I'd gotten bigger. And the first string fullback, who was really quite a good athlete, was just having a shit game. He was just playing really shitty. And the coach in the halftime locker room goes, we got a guy out here, number 44, that's the guy, Ken Flax, and he's running like, you're running like a fucking pussy. Uh-huh. You know? And we got guys like Greg Barron here. He works hard all week. He's never going to see the field. So that Ken would appreciate what he had. And I didn't understand that it was a backwards <laughs> nodding compliment. <laughs> but the, but the, I think what endeared me to everybody was then like after the coach left the room, I retelling the story back to everybody. Like did, did that right? just happen? Yeah. Did he just say, and everybody got that I got that it was okay, right? You know, and so that was always my saving grace. Like I could always make something funny out of how shitty he was, but I was inside. I just fucking, ugh. I just was like, why God? Why are you? Why am I afraid to get hit? And why do I? Why do I? Why can't I be good at this? You know, and it's that thing of like 
well, because you're not good at this, but you don't have the guts. So when I found the thing that I liked, I was happy. And I felt like when the book happened, I gave it all up for the book. I gave up stand up and I gave up music. I didn't give it up, but I didn't. Well, it's so hard. It was just, when a, it was just like such a happens, weird thing. People are like, follow it. Follow. You feel like you're following the energy. You just feel like you're trying right. to. This is what you're follow. doing. This is your like, calling. Oh, this is, this is, this is your happening. thing. Yeah. And you, yeah. But then when it dropped me off nowhere, I was like, why did I? And so. And guys, but let me just say real quick, if you don't realize this already, although I, again, have talked about this many times on the podcast. The book in question, of course, is He's Just Not That Into You. Right. Um, and I have. Uh, even though that created the problems that it did, I say kind things about it a lot. And I also love um, the two books that have come since. And I talk They're about fun. them all the time. They're fun. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. It was a fucking clue again on, on Hollywood Game Night the other night. It never stops coming back. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. But like the cartoon that you worked on, like what you were just talking about, I have no sense of it because I was in it. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is like, when I read Stephen Pressfield's The War on Art and the relief that it gives me, I go, okay, people get that. Right. But that's not Stephen Pressfield. That's me getting, that's me reading his words and him giving me permission, the permission I should give myself to just fucking be an artist. Yeah. Right. And so my book gives people just get out of this fucking thing. It's not controversial. It's not we hate men. It's like you're going to die and you don't deserve to be in this shit fuck relationship. <laughs> That's it. Super simple. Yeah. And then the breakup book is like, do you really want to get back together with that? Or can we find the way for you to move on? Because you can really spend a lot of time down this cul-de-sac. Right. Unless we get you out. And then the other one is like, go fucking date. Just just do it. Just fucking yeah. swipe right or whatever. Just yeah. tinder it up. Just give it, it. There's no rules. There's no right. And there's no. And it's you're never going to figure it out. There's no figuring it out. Every relationship is its own snowflake. There's something. I don't know. I guess because I... I don't know. I think because of social media, because of the internet, um, it's like I have an awareness now that I certainly didn't have when I was an angsty teen. I have an awareness now that everyone's an overthinker or that many of us are overthinkers. Oh my God, our, whereas yeah. I think I didn't realize how much company and much good company I was in yeah. until until it just became obvious that Every, but you know, it's not like I mean there have always there especially I'm sure the seventies, like the touchy feely seventies and like people, you know, reading self help books and all that kind of stuff. Obviously there's a big self help section in the bookstore I, that should give me it should have given me a clue, but it feels like people in general across the board are more open to their own neuroses, which I think is so great because, you know, my friend Amir Talai was uh, promoting this hashtag and the whole idea of therapy helps um, because there's still a stigma for so many families, especially, and for so many people who's maybe aren't living in as cosmopolitan of a world or aren't as living in as, cr- you know, creatively cultural of a world um, that therapy absolutely means like there's something seriously wrong or you're crazy or you know it's 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 broken or whatever and um and it it just feels like more people are more open about like oh my god i i agonized over this thing and it was just a date and like why couldn't i just relax about it and i think it's nice to have that's one of the things that your books bring to the table is is 
and not unlike stand-up comedy, you know, they're very connected in the sense that right. you're bringing a bunch of people to one place to say, aren't we all crazy? Right. And there's something so great and re- such a relief about that. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing that I think separates our books from other books, or at least from like books from therapists and doctors, is that we're like, no, we did this. Right. This is just based on we. I you're I'm not better than you by a long shot. Yeah. I'm just telling you. And see, the thing that I like now, and one of the things that's sort of cool about being older is like when I was I was. At one point, I was just too young to be everybody's dad. Now I'm not. Yeah. Like, I always, I have this little thing where I go, the king sweater is your dad. Like, I'm happy to occupy a sort of, like, been there, done, like, would love to have absolutely tons of time to tell you what I know, because I should tell you. And I'm good at it. I am good at, like, saying, come on, let's You're just. You're so good let's, at let's it. Just, I can't, there, just, I don't know a single person better. Let's just cut the, why don't we just have good shit? You know, yeah. and if you've got voices in your head, go see a doctor. I did. Yeah. But I didn't. I, one of the weird things about, and see, mental illness is now, like, it's starting to come, you know, um, the, the one, if there could even be an upside to the shootings, is this discussion of mental illness, because that is also on the table. Right. And that shit doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not, you know, mental illness is real, and I know because I'm mentally ill. So, which just means that I have, and I was saying to someone the other day, I go, it's a very simple equation. I had, I was anxious and scared and I had voices in my head that were my voice, but they were like, you're fat and you're this and you're that. And it they wouldn't stop. And they made me think that people were against me, like my own wife and my manager, who I wrote many letters to. And then I went to a doctor and I got a prescription and it went away. So it's an illness. Yeah. Right. It's not a cure-all. It's not a panacea. I'm not saying it works for everybody, but I'm saying if that, if that sounds familiar to you, just go talk to somebody. Just go fucking try. I, this whole idea, like these rumors that go around are the things that we use to keep ourselves from getting help. Like, I don't want to deaden myself because, I, look, my stand-up's never been better. My thought process has never been better. But also, those, I also don't give a shit. That's the other thing. It's like, that shouldn't matter to me so much. My my wife and my child should my kids need to matter to me. Gives a fuck about stand up. Yeah. I'd like to be good at it. I'm better at it, but I don't have an edge. Like my edge isn't working for me. Mm. My crazy isn't working for mm-hmm. me. That weird up and down energy is not fun. I don't want to be like that. Sure. And if I can't figure it out like this, I'm just not good at it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Well, how, so, so as even as a teenager, you were like you you felt the anxiety. Is that why when you got to college and you and you saw people sort of expressing though like the darker sides of themselves and you know taking drugs and sort of like loosening up in that way, inventing like letting like were you tightly wound to where the point? Yeah, that here's you what found, it was like: you found it, something to be passionate about, when, and invented you. Well, when you're in sport culture and when you're in jock culture and then I got into a fraternity, like you're in this very small world where only a handful of things are acceptable. Now, the one thing we could all agree on and I could agree on was women and fucking (laughs) and that kind of shit. Like I was down with that program, but I hated all the other facets of it. And then I made a friend whose name was Larry and he was friends with my girlfriend in the dorms and he was super punk rock and he... You know, he turned me on to all this music and then he liked to go shopping and he liked clothes. And I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking amazing. (laughs) 
Like he wanted so to talk about and read that, magazines. That oh, sort of, Jesus. And then yeah. the only thing that was not bad, but was hard was, you know, eventually he came out and he was gay. And then I was like, it made me feel a little bit alone. Like, oh, aren't, can't I, but can I be straight in like this stuff too? Like there, the, you know, that was what my very first show was about. But I, but he really was like, if I was hanging out with Larry, nothing I did was wrong. And nothing I did. And my parents didn't care. My parents were not, my dad would be like, cut your fucking, just wash your face. Like my, 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 my parents weren't really particularly, um, they were conservative, but they were like, whatever. Same with mine. Yeah. They were like, they, you know I don't I mean? remember. I remember them sort of rolling their eyes, but I, yes. I don't ever remember my there was dad eye rolling like, and there was a little a bit of like, yeah, or also, can you just, you know, can you just cut your hair before you come over Thanksgiving? Just don't be, you know, and, you know, not, I look back at pictures and go, fuck, he was right. It just didn't look good. Like, right. it wasn't like I had, it wasn't like I looked like Chris Cornell. You yeah. know, I just had greasy long hair, but, <laughs> but, uh, and bangs. Like, I, I, oh my. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I looked, uh, I had a Betty Page. Um, oh my God, I but can't I just hopefully see a picture of this. Well, I also wore a headband, but I, um, but anyway, but so when I was around Larry, I was like, oh, okay, I'm finding the things, like, and I'm finding the, and then the reason I like being in a band, because I wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't even think I liked musicianship, was not my thing. It was, you can fucking wear whatever you want and you can make posters and people like it and it's sexy and you can fucking wear, you can wear whatever you want. And there's yeah. no rules. It's like a pirate ship. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can, you can just go be, that's what rock stars get to do. And like, yeah. you can't do that anywhere else. So I was like, I found like a, a safe place in those two things. And I liked making gay friends. I liked, I liked that. I liked like I felt cool being the guy on campus whose best friend was gay when it was still 1983, 84 mm-hmm. and it wasn't cool and went to REM and all that stuff. And I would stick up for him in a fight. Like I liked that that was my life because I felt like, and my two best friends who I'd been best friends with the whole time. And we'd gone to grammar school and high school and college together. They left and they went to another college. And I finally was like on my own and I had my own life. That was my own creation. And I started just to feel like, okay, now I'm my own, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not in this little thing with my two best friends who are better athletes than me and better looking. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in this thing where like it's me and Larry who's just weird and gay and we like REM and the replacements and we take ecstasy in the middle of the week and we skateboard around campus and it was like a beautiful thing. And like the first time I was like, okay, now I'm not figuring out like who, who I am and I was always lefty. Like, my parents were right-wing, but I was always lefty. I've always had a bleeding heart, like a very big bleeding heart. Yeah, it's just do. my chemical makeup. And That's I have no... That you, yeah, that your parents were not, not that. But they were socially... They were just... My dad, you know, my dad was a bootstraps guy. He fucking had nothing and was a cameraman yeah. and built his way up to manager. And he just felt like you can do it. Just fucking yeah. do it. I get it. I mean, I don't... I've never been... I've always understood someone who doesn't want to pay taxes. It's not like I get excited to pay taxes, but you know what I mean. I, I I'm the, I'm I'm distilling that to the oversimplification of like. No, but that was it. Republicans because like money. Democrats don't. It's no, not it was that. it was it's it, it was. I yeah, I worked really hard for my money. I don't want to give it all away. I got yeah. kids. I got a life. Can't why can't someone else work really hard for their money too instead of me giving them money and stuff like that? Yeah, and I think they were even sort of like I get the idea, but like. I think my dad was like, I'll pay so much taxes, and the, but the government should figure out where it all goes. Right. 
I don't care where it goes, and I don't care that people get subsidies. I just don't want to pay for everything. Right, right. Because um, we grew up around, you know, we grew up in, in um, you know, there was San Francisco. So if you, if you didn't like the gays, how much fun could you have? Good point. Although Marin, well, still plenty yeah, of Yeah, but we went Marin. to the theater all the time. My parents loved plays. Okay. And you were always there with two leather daddies and some other guys holding hands. Like it was God always bless that city. Yeah, it was neat. So much. It was neat. You know, my mom would always say, "Stop staring." And you know, you're like, "Well, well fuck." Yeah. You did know? you ever? Did, when you lived in Marin, did you have the inclination to move into San Francisco, or did because you went to school in Oregon? So yeah, when no, you, I wasn't. Po- when did you feel pulled to live in San Francisco after college? Yeah, after college. And then I didn't. I lived in the hate, and I didn't like it very much. And as soon as I, I like San Francisco, but I, um, I always want to be in Los Angeles. And now that I live here, I'm like, why was I thinking? <laughs> and it's been a good long while. Yeah, it has. Um, I am just being mindful of the time, and I'm realizing that I would like to get into uh, this mash game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I am going to start with the category. Everybody's going to see this coming. Not going to come as a surprise to anyone. You can play. Alongside and well, uh, alongside any, th- give me three bands that from any point in history that uh, you in this mash game you get to play on stage with live. Yeah, it would be. Uh, I would say uh, I would like to play with uh, Link Ray, and I would like to play with uh, Bow Wow Wow, and I would like to play with Jack White. Okay, next is going to be, um, well, listen, you, uh, we've established that you love women, so I'm going to give you the uh, next classic MASH question, um, three crushes, living or dead, uh, preferably well-known in some way, but also could be someone from like a character in a book or a character in a movie. It's, it's like if you loved julie roberts in something it's you're not saying julie roberts or it could be that yeah yeah. I, I can't give you any i just gave you more options than anyone needs so just three, three. women that i've loved throughout history yeah or this you have a crush on right now or that you had a crush on when you were in high school whatever you want oh man um oh that's big okay so my first would be Anne margaret and i would even specifically say Anne margaret from um bye bye birdie yeah um, that was my first like, oh fuck women. Like I always liked girls. I always liked li- girls my age. But then I was like, fuck women. Holy shit! <laughs> they are incredible. Yeah. Um, and then, oh my god, it's so hard. I know. I really gave you like, it's tough to. It's tough to. It's tough to whittle down. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to Amira. Like, obviously, she did the same game. I always get teased now because when I'm close to someone who who I also am close to their spouse, I always feel guilty as if there's, like, something like there's something wrong with it. Um, I just did that to Paul of Tompkins. I was like, I mean, I love Janie. He was like, calm down. Right. We're all fine. You're not allowed to pick your spouse, right? No, you can pick her. Go for it. No, I don't think she picked me, so I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a weird, it's a weird world where, like, you know, someone just recently. I think it's 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 a way to sort of reconnect to for me with like fantasy I, like, stuff. I wouldn't like, pick Kevin Klein now, but I sure as shit would have when I was 15. Yeah, I'm not sure Anne Margaret. Like and I, that wasn't reasonable. You know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah, he's but my it's age, good though. But I remember. I mean, I remember. Fish when, called Wanda. Uh, 
Yeah, there was a hot Kevin Klein yeah. period for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he was great. He was super great. Um, and he picked Phoebe Cates. Yeah, he did. But he got to have her. Yeah, he really did. Um, God, I mean, I could say, like, er, like early No Doubt Gwen. Sure. God, you great. know, Absolutely. Like, just early No Doubt Gwen. I mean, she's still marvelous and sure. still, you know, just, but like the, when she had a little bit of baby fat left on her, she was never fat. But when she had a little bit of like, I don't really work out. I just sing in my band. Yeah. And she wore the more the of the baggy skater clothes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, god I damn know, it, she's I know. just she's, she's just special. a shit. Little yeah. pink haired, rosy yeah, cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when she had the blue hair and she put the dot sure. on, like I love. Oh my god, she, it looks yeah, great. Yeah, there was it's just great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and then um, oh, I like my wife. I'm putting it down. I love my wife. I'm putting it down, and I do not blame you for a moment. She's well, you know, if I'm being super honest, like, and I think she would say the same thing. Like, marriages are epic. They are not. I like to say they're epic because you are you are taking on something grand that is not. And and I, it's weird. I heard the great this great bit the other day. I can't remember who did it. it might have been Mike Kaplan. But like, if somebody was going to sell you a marriage, you wouldn't buy a car if somebody said, "Well, they're hard." <laughs> right. Right. He had this great thing about him. Right. But but what it is is like so is writing a fucking novel, so is becoming an incredibly good guitar player, so is is everything that really is worth doing. And if he wasn't worth it, you'd stop. And we have been through the fucking shit, and we've had, and we'll probably go through more. But like right now, we've we're at a period where I'm like, I really get her and I really understand her. I think I understand her as much as I did when I first met her. Like there's like that new car smell in a weird way or like I didn't know this like it's a I'm, I'm like this new person so I'm like I'm marveling at her because I'm because I as a performer you just allow yourself so much bullshit so much like I gotta be in my creative space and all this horseshit, and it just keeps you away from people and I paid no attention to what, what my wife has been through and now I'm like I'm up and I'm fucking in it you know, and I'm and my admiration for her and then her admiration for me being in it is good. Oh, God, I love it. So that just made me want to cry in a great way. Um, OK, so. All right. So you get to go on a vacation. Um, I'll take care of the girls. Mm-hmm. You two uh, get to go on a vacation anywhere, not just in the world, but in the world of pretend mm-hmm. as well. So if you have like a planet that you want to go to or like a weird hobbit land that feels right. like it might be fun to explore. Right. I want to get three vacation locations. Okay. Well, I would, I mean, this is our, this is our thing every single year. Like, and we probably take the girls cause we don't feel complete not, uh, not being a foursome, but we would go to Hawaii. We would go to Lani Kai, which is where our family lives. Um, because we never feel more like ourselves when we're there. Um, I would, um, I would take my wife alone to, um, Auckland. Yeah. Cause I think it's beautiful and, and, um, and I just want to go to Japan. I know. <laughs> I just want to go to too. Japan. When is someone I've never been. I want to explore Japan. Japan with Amira and I want to like be able to like go to Harajuku and I want to do all the crazy I shit. Know, and I also, too. I also want to bring my guitar and play a show there oh my god i i I think that's 
keep putting it out there. Keep putting it out there. Yeah, I always say when I go to Japan that I'm going to bring one outfit in like two empty suitcases. Yeah. No, I mean, I just, I adore, I adore, and I know this sounds condescending, but like, I'm more excited about their reinterpretations of our culture than our culture. There's a spin that they put on everything that is, I mean, it's beautiful. Everybody does it because nobody can completely be who you are, but their spin on shit, it's like magical in a way. They give it back to you better than it was. Way better. Yeah. And maybe it's because... Again, I'm not meaning to be racist, but they're small, so it just that when they when they do their rockabilly thing, it's all huge. But it's almost like they they the stray cats were actually at the time the Harajuku Japanese version of what James Dean and and Marlon Brando were about. Yeah, right. Like it was their cartoon version of it, their yeah. anime version of it. Like I just think the Japanese, and I don't know enough that's about them, a, but that's I, so great. That's so well put. Like I want you to go to Japan just so I can read blog posts by you. Like what's what is Greg's experience of Japan like? I, like I would go. enjoy that so much. Um, okay, next question uh, that made me think about sushi, and I'm hungry, so that makes me think of one of my favorite questions uh three foods can be very specific or very general that have no negative ramifications on your body in any way mm-hmm. and that you can just have one at the snap of a finger so um just cheese pizza right <laughs> um, hard to beat yeah and then um um i uh all katsuya so just yeah. just the katsuya sushi yeah um now it's just so hard. <laughs> Probably like it's a very specific one-time only thing. That I went to my friend Mark Williams's wedding, and this was in the early days when salted caramel wasn't ubiquitous. Yeah, and he had they had a salted caramel wedding cake that was like. I was like, I, I don't want to leave the wedding. Like, I don't. Oh, this is why I love. I this like category. the cake more than I like Mark and his wife. I love Mark <laughs> and his wife. I love Mark and his wife. But the cake was like, and so it's from that wedding. I love it. I love that you could have a slice of that wedding cake. Yeah. Anytime. I love it. Okay. Next one is um, three movies that you can sort of just jump into whenever you want. Oh, and go be in them? Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, like the world itself. Not like you're suddenly an actor in the movie. I mean, like, Splash is real. And you right. swim around with. Right, 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 right. Three movies that I could just be in. Well, The Incredibles. Yeah. I love that movie. I need to rewatch that. It's been a while. Oh, I love that movie so much. Um, when I was a kid, I loved Westworld. Oh, yes. Sure. Where nothing can go wrong. Sure. Go wrong. Go wrong. And then everything goes, <laughs> everything goes horrible. Everything goes horribly. But I really like that. Yeah. And I... Um, oh, fuck. Okay. So, yeah. So then... Uh, and then also, I just want to be in American Graffiti all the time. Oh, there's another one I need to see again. Yeah, I love the fi- I love the fifties. Oh. I love I love. I mean, I yeah. to me, it's all the art direction of everything. You know, I want to be in that version of it. You know, right. or like, um, you know, some of the movies that, like, where the art direction is just so. I anything anything art directed by I can't remember her name right now. I'm losing it. But the woman who did um, the woman who always does the Johnny Depp movie it is that uh, did uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, she, okay. she won a million Academy Awards, but like her costumes and shit are just yeah. I, I know who you're talking about, and I can't think of her name. Yep. Um, okay, then that that makes me think uh, t- uh, time travel, time travel to a uh, place and uh, and a time that you get to visit and check out. Three. 
Could be all the way back to the dawn of mankind and womankind. Mm, and I'm not, uh, I don't have the adventure gene, so stuff would have to be taken care of for you me. You could go to the actual 50s, but as the person you are now. Yeah, I mean, I would probably pick, I would want to check out, I, I want to be, um, when when did the war, 42, right? That was mm-hmm. when the war was over? So, so 42? Oh, of World War One. Well, when did World, World War II end? It's like 42, I 43. It was 43 for some reason. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I want to I want to go to the end of World War. Yeah. I want to be them. God, that's a great one. It'd be so amazing to be a part of the yeah, celebration. Yeah, just to feel like that what ended. that felt feel like what that that felt like. That weight coming off of yeah. you. Yeah. And then I would have liked to have been an adult when I was born in 63. Mm-hmm. And see the Beatles and all that stuff and been cognizant for all that. Yeah. And one more. Um I would go back to the 80s again, I think, as an older dude. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect my nostalgia for the, AG, the 80s. The ages. Hi, Steve AG. Uh, I didn't expect my nostalgia to be as strong as it is about that, because I was much younger, but... No. Wait a minute. There's no way to say that. But I was, I was a child younger. in the 80s. Yeah. I was not a I teenager. I was in college. Um, but, uh, but I still feel like I was an adult in the 80s I, somehow. I like that period of time so much. I would go back and just relive it. I had, college was glorious, and I really, really loved the music from there. Oh, and my, my God. My music was the post-punk yeah. era and the beginning of alternative, like the replacements yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, and, um, and then, you know, the Bow Wow Adamant, all that, like, all that shit times. that happened in college because it was, it was everything. It was like all bets are off. Punk rock has said you can wear a cowboy hat. And or you frankly, can dress like, like a MTV pirate. and a sort of yeah. the be, the another kind of wave of in the same way that like being online and the way iTunes works and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. That was like they happen so fast now, those developments. But that the sort of MTV generation, like it's called that for a reason, because it really made a huge wave in how we experience music and musicians and culture, huge and culture and culture and like clothing and fashion and everything. And that was the turning point where. It went, oh, no, kids don't dress like tiny adults now. They're going to have their own clothes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Uh, second to last category will be three um, hobbies that you either wish you had more time for to develop more or three things that are so far outside of the realm of what you have time or the skill set or like the location for that, you know, they're just like you like flying a plane, but it could also just be cooking more or whatever. Three. Okay, so I there's never enough time to play guitar. Mm-hmm. I wish that I knew how to sew and make clothes. And um, I think sometimes I wish, if I could do it without getting hurt, that I could have been... I wish I had been a really good skateboarder. I kind of wish I could have been a good skateboarder, too. I really always secretly wanted to... Yeah, I'm not crazy about the ocean, so surfing does not have to be like that, but I would have loved to have been able to like skateboard really well because when I watch kids that do it, I really admire it, and yeah. I really think it's great. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, and also, someone was just saying, like, the, the, the amount of failure that you have to be willing to... Physical and mental failure that you have to be willing to go through to get even at all good at skateboarding... Right blows my mind it's just an example of something where like that is almost the perfect physical example of the opposite of how i was which was i tried that two times i skinned my knee one time i'm never doing it again right 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 and and that's the thing where you like when people are like i don't want to play piano you know what never happens when you're playing piano cracking your head on the side of a pool (laughs) unless some really weird thing happens 
like think of the like yes it's difficult it's difficult there's there's something about notes and fingers and timing and left hand and right hand but if you just slow it down but you're never going to get hurt doing it. it's frustrating frustrating is something else but just imagine trying to do a kick flip at the top of a pool or whatever the fuck those people oh, do. Yeah. But it's so balls, man. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. We really just broke out on people. Yeah, those ex-sports people I really have, like I have a massive amount of admiration for them because the shit that they're willing to try. And, I mean, they're still inventing the sport now. Those guys invent it as they do. This guy goes, well, I'm going to do nine flips now. Yeah. But a backwards one first. And you're like, any one of those is like you dead. Oh, Yeah. Well, it's a combination of I have respect and then I also feel like, what are you doing? Well, when I was talking, again, I was talking last night with Jonah, stand-up is not unlike a thing where you go, it's not for everybody. So somebody who skateboards just has it in them. I know. I totally agree. They just go, people, you know what? My body, I, look, I my into, body I is telling me I can do this. And I just was in one and people are like, what are you doing? You, right. are you gonna st- yeah. So many people have been like, are you going to stop riding your bike now? And I'm like, well... Here's what happened. I had a bad bike accident when someone else did something bad to me a year and a half ago. Right. I've ridden my bike virtually every day since then, sometimes twice a day. So I've ridden my bike thousands of times in life. And I, this time, hit a pothole, flew off my bike, and got pretty busted up. But it doesn't make me feel like, I guess I'm done with this now. Like, I guess I'm going to put the bike away forever. Yes. Um, so I get it. I get. I, but, I, I. I do get someone saying like it's just in me. I'm not going to stop doing it. Right. It's what I do. Right. Like it's a. It's a weird thing. Nobody would go. I'm going to go into that room where there's 200 strangers. Well, also, and I'm like gonna... if you were in a car accident, people wouldn't be like, I guess you're going to stop driving, huh? Yeah, that's true. But people, I think people also just worry about the variable. They're not worried about you. They're worried about like you can't do anything about people driving into you, and right. they know that you have a bicycle and that person has a car. Yeah. But that's why I stopped writing. I mean, I did basically. Or Tracy say, Morgan has a limo, much. and that guy has a truck. <laughs> right. Like those are two enormous vehicles that went into each other. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't worry, guys. I'm being careful. Um, and then, okay, so my last category will be what's another good Greg Barrett category? Last category will be you have a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere it doesn't have to be in Los Angeles, but you have a storefront shop. That oh, it's just the good stuff. It's not like you're sitting around waiting for someone to come in. Whatever that means to you. Three different things that could be a cafe too, whatever. But three different things that um, three different shops and or services slash storefront or cafe in some mm-hmm. way. Okay, what, what so it's a it's an bar, it's a barber shop that gives illegal haircuts because I don't want to go to barber school for a year. So you're taking your life into your own hand. You have to sign a waiver. Perfect. You only get this. You only get you only get this haircut. Great. Um, there is often live music in the back. You know, oh, a lot terrific. of times provided by me because a lot of times I don't do the haircuts because other people want the other thing. Love it. And I sell my own pomade. Okay. Two more. Two more things. Oh, two more. Oh, two, two more stores. More yeah, because you're going to end up with only one. Okay. Okay. Then um, I, I well, I just own a shop that sells sweaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I that are they there's you there's only one of each. Mm-hmm. No matter what the size. Oh my! That's it. There's only one of each. Okay. Um, it's just sweaters. Yep. And uh, all, all cardigans or just any sweater, like a pullover. It's the, no, just it, you either get a button down, you either get a cardigan mm-hmm. or a crew neck. Okay. I won't sell a V neck sweater. Okay. You're either going to do the buttons or you're going to do the crew neck. Copy. 
Copy that. And then uh, your final shop. Hmm. Interesting. What happens at that third shop? I mean, probably. Yeah, I would just make custom guitars. Oh, that's great. God, what a great three, like, you know, those stores on Yucca that are like lost and found. That's just like a series of four four stores that are all connected. This would be such a fun, like, we're going to go down to the Barrett Strip. Yeah. I'm either going to get a champagne sparkle guitar (laughs) or some really fey sweater. And then I'm going to get a pompahawk, I guess. Oh, it's great. That's it. Amazing. Okay, um, I got to determine uh, which of these you will be ending up with. So, um, tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. Okay. Uh, pausing, doing the math, coming back with your one hundred percent guaranteed match future. I love it. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Um. This is. Uh, I'm. I. This is good. This is uh, the reason that I'm hesitating. Yeah. And I will just tell you this now because well the, I, I don't think this has ever happened before um but so much about what's happening in this mash game a lot of it not all of it but a lot of it feels like it could just totally happen tomorrow <laughs> so i'm just interested in that um for example just let me give you this example as we both know you live not far from katsuya so you sort of ended up with the thing that is already the most accessible to you. Yes. <laughs> but that's it's been, so delicious. Uh, it's amazing. So you could just decide based on the Smash game, I'm going to go there even a little more. Like you have the choice to actually realize Make it happen. That, and you know, it's, yeah, okay, that's good. Um, in, in keeping with that, this idea of uh, your excitement to go to Japan, I feel like that's imminent. I just feel like that's going to end up happening soon. Th- that's possible, yes. So you're headed to Japan. Um I guess it's not that likely that you're going to open up the illegal barbershop anytime soon, but I love the idea of it. Um, I, it I mean, was, it could happen. It was actually talked about on, in Australia where there was a lesbian girl and a really handsome dude, and all three of us had the same haircut. And I thought, why don't we just give, Pompa instead Hawk. of selling shit after the show, let's just give $10 haircuts That's and tell great. everybody this is illegal. Great. You want to party illegal? That's you want to go fucking? You want to do like an underground you punk rock? You want to walk on a very soft edge? <laughs> <laughs> we'll use a number one. <laughs> I've got the clippers. Oh, so I'm kind of into that. Listen, yeah, I I would have. I'm not even kidding. I would have most of your haircut in a heartbeat if I didn't have the career that I have. Like I would have. Yeah. I would have more on top, yeah. but I would. Super be shaved on. Yeah, the Jake Johansson. I've also about talked it. about it. Jake Johansson is very interested in giving a haircut. Big fan. Um, also, uh, kind of feels like it's coming from the same world as your your desire to have that illegal barbershop. Somehow that works with me that you can hang out in the world of American graffiti all the time. Oh, I love it. Um, I would love it. Drag racing some beautiful cars. Oh man, and you know because I was shot in my backyard. It, oh, they were shot, yeah, yeah. shot in Marin. It, it was a George Lucas thing. And I love all the people that were in that movie. I know, me too. God, I need to see. I feel like I'm going to be watching that and next And you know who's days. adorable and really hot is uh, little Mackenzie Phillips. Oh, yeah, for sure. So cute. For sure. Very cute. Yeah, super Not cute. Not to be confused with Mackenzie Aston. Also very adorable yes, and cute. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I also want to congratulate you on the uh, live gigs that you've been doing with Bow Wow Wow. 
Oh my God, I love it. Great stuff. I love it. Great stuff. Um, we both know that, well, listen, you ended up with a house, which is, by the way, also what you have now. Uh-huh. And the being near to Katsuya makes me feel like you just have your house that you have right now. So that was another thing that felt like, oh, okay. Um, rest assured, if you want to get a slice of life from a different time, you certainly may go experience the uh, fatigue yet celebration of the end of World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exciting times. As the country reinvigorates itself yeah comes to understand itself in a different way yep appreciates what it has Mm -hmm. maybe understands itself even better not unlike the fact that you end up with your very own wife oh i love it the magical that's the best amira that's why the entire next future what's good about that is that all the other choices maybe not bow wow wow but all the other choices she would be, yeah, yeah, more than Link Ray, certainly. And I think she's okay on the white strip. So maybe Bow Wow Wow. We have, <laughs> we have pictures of Annabella in the house. It works so, out. Yeah, Even I think that those are all those out. choices. All those choices also. Lovely, yeah. It's a really lovely match game. Yeah. And again, I reiterate, very close to A, what you have, and B, what you could be having. So I I'm love delighted. it. I'm delighted I love your podcast. I'm that you got a chance to do it. Um, uh, I can't. I I could spend another ten minutes talking about how great you are, but I think these guys are already so tired of hearing me yeah, talk it's, about you, it, it, even yeah. when you're not around. So, um, <laughs> you're but thank you so. You're my much. favorite, guys. Check out the reigning monarchs. They are an extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily awesome. I was so excited. I couldn't even say the word extraordinarily. I can, still can't say it. Um, it's a hard word. It's a tough word. Uh, I still said it better than the movie The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was. It was a terrible movie. Yeah, not a good movie. Um, and uh, and what else? Do, I mean, that's a huge one for me that they need to know about. Probably some many people. Yeah, the RainingMonarchs.com is fine. That's good. The, the, the yeah, room. yeah. Walking the Room is a um, podcast that I do, and uh, <clears throat> uh, and I guest on a lot of other people's podcasts. And my Twitter feed is really where you can find everything. Yeah. So at Gregory Barrent, G R E G O R Y B E H R E N D T, and then I have a new uh, feed called the King Sweater, which is just advice. The King Sweater. Oh, I, I got to get But on it's really good advice. advice. It's like, if you don't have a strap, the guitar drops to the ground. And then I quote myself, and then I write the King Sweater. <laughs> it's, uh, I think the other one of the day was, I think you can, I think having two gold monogram guitars tells you where my self-esteem is at. That's right. That doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It just tells you where my self-esteem <laughs> is at. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, and I almost forgot. I just have one last thing to tell you. I can see you, your brown skin shining in the sun. You got the top pulled down and the radio on, baby. You're adorable. Uh, Talk to you guys soon. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.